Hey everyone, and welcome back to Behind the Pursuit from Bourbon to Brand. I'm your host, Brian Bikey, and joining me again, we have Kenny and Ryan. What's up, gents? Hey, Brian. Hey, Brian. Hey, Ryan. Glad to be back. Brian, Brian, all this. Yeah. <laughs> Doctor, doctors. <laughs> Larry, Daryl, and Daryl. <laughs> Who's on first? What's on second? <laughs> all right. So what I want to dive into tonight's topic, you know, as we've talked in the previous episodes about all the barrels that we have coming from new make product, things that are going to go into the batch products for United Bourbon, United Rye, and from the things that we're going to see come up in the episodes in the Pursuit series as well. I want to dive into managing single barrel selections. And so as we talk about single barrels, let's kind of preface and open it up about what they are, why everyone's going crazy for them, you know, why every group, every state, every store are going after single barrels. Who wants to dive in and, and tackle the, this preliminary question before we kind of dive into managing? I guess it all depends if they have a little small toy glued on top of the bottle nowadays. Isn't that, isn't that what it makes it? What colors the wax? How thick is the wax and what kind of toy that's, you put yeah, that's what, what, what setting do you do a crock pot on to do wax? <laughs> uh, high for six hours and just burn your hands the entire time. But, it's I know. The, the aftermarket waxing I'll never understand. But we'll, we'll, I, I kind of want to dive into that a little bit because single barrels are fun. I mean, that's I feel that's what really started a lot of the this new revolution of bourbon consumers because before really craft distilling really came on the scene and you had a lot of opportunities to try different distillates and different age stocks from all these kind of craft distillers. Now you have a, a huge variety of stuff that you can try that's out there. You had you had the the traditional players in the market. You had your Heaven Hills, your Jim Beams, your Four Roses, and they had their standard product offerings. And for a lot of whiskey enthusiasts out there, it was kind of like, well, what else can we get? I want something special. I think that kind of goes to what everybody wants a little something special to to kind of make the you know the moment stand or whatever it is. And so that's when you saw a lot of these barrel pick opportunities start coming up. And this has been going on for, I think, close to probably a decade now is how long a lot of barrel picks have been happening at a lot of different distilleries. And they're everywhere, again, from Jim Beam to Maker's Mark to everywhere else, because you can get a Knob Creek pick or you can get a Knob Creek bottle off the shelf anytime you want. But to get a Knob Creek barrel that you pick that might be 10, 11, 12 years old from a certain type of warehouse that has a different type of flavor profile, I think it's it cool. It, it brings that variability into it. And that's what I think is really starting to push new consumers is to try to find new things. Like what are those special bourbons that are out there that you just can't get on the shelf anymore? And we've had a a lot of great success with that through our own private barrel program with Inside of Bourbon Pursuit. I think we've done close to, I, I'm pretty sure we've done over 100 barrels now of just selections. And that's just part of that program. That's just been the past two years. It's probably yeah. 250 plus. Yeah, you're probably right. I'm, I've never been good at counting how many jelly beans are in the jar. So you're, you're probably right on. Or barrels. <laughs> or barrels. Yeah, you're probably right on that one. But that's one of those things that I think it's been great to kind of see our, our community really rally around it as well, because as people that are bourbon enthusiasts, you get a chance to try something different. Just because you had New Riff one time 
doesn't mean when you, and I think that's, gosh, we, it's like bourbon 101. Every time you go into a tour, they're like, well, this barrel, even though it sat next to this barrel for the last 10 years, they're not going to taste alike. And I think that's probably one of the most perplexing things that per, perhaps people that are new to bourbon just don't realize. And that's what creates a lot of variability. It creates some excitement for enthusiasts as well, because you get a chance to try a lot of different things. And and so it's been great to kind of see that really grow. Um, I know that Ryan, the way he feels about limited releases and chasing those are pretty much out the door or out the window now. And, and really barrel picks are, he used to call it the modern day unicorn at one point. Yeah, I mean, single barrels, I feel like is what really resurrected bourbon from the I guess proverbial ashes you know after the glut people like Blanton's and Elmer T and Parker and they start offering these single barrel expressions and people are like well what is this you know it's something we didn't see like in scotch or anything else you know scotch is all about the blend every spirit's mostly about the blend and bourbon really had a unique idea of like you know because it is true I mean we've gone on barrel picks, even though you have three knob creeks, that's, you know, red, green, or blue, but there are slight variations between red, green, and blue. And it's fun to go try each different one and pick one that you like. And it's, it's just a, you know, when you have friends over, it's like you could have regular knob Creek, but if you say, Hey, this is my local store that picked this barrel of knob Creek, it's just another conversational piece and another piece of interest that makes, you know, bourbon that much more interesting and another story. Bourbon's a lot about stories and connections and it just gives people another opportunity. Single barrels give people another opportunity to connect with that brand. You know, the big boys got so successful that, you know, they had to start reducing single barrels and you had new people come on board like Wilderness Trail and New Riff. Really how they got people to grow their brand was through single barrels as well because it built that connection and gave consumers an opportunity to say, hey, we pick this product, this is part of us. And so that's what it gives. It gives the consumer a feel that they are in control or not in control, but they had a part of the process of, you know, the product that sits on their shelf. And that's that's something that a lot of industries don't offer. In wine, you know, it's all, you might have served in vintages or whatnot, but that's not a single barrel. And so it's just something that people that I, I, we've done over 250 they never get old like <laughs> i will never turn down a barrel pick it doesn't matter unless like i have to like work as something serious and i have to i can't make it but uh yeah they're they're just so much fun and i think it's one unique thing bourbon can hang their hat on i like what you mentioned about uh the stories that come along with it because i also feel like with the single barrels coming on and, and with any store being able to grab them or obviously there's a lot of barrels in the Rick house. So if someone's doing a whole run of barrels from a Rick house to single barrels, that's a lot of single barrels that, that, the, that there's going to be. And so I feel like on the other side of that, it could be worrisome of, is this the same thing? Like you guys might have kids, you know, that let's say take any line of toys. In, in this case, I'm going to use Paw Patrol, for example, right? Every couple of months, there's a new era of Paw Patrol or Power Rangers or whatever. They're doing some new adventure. They're on a safari. They're fighting dinosaurs. They're in outer space, whatever it is. And there's a new line of toys that's nearly identical, except for the things that are different about them. And as a parent, it's like, well, that's just a money grab. Why can't the kid just be happy with with the thing, right? Why do they have to get all the things of all? Because the, then it's not just you, you just want the one 
of the new series, then you got then you got to get them all. And I could see how that's good on the business side for whiskey, but you know, do you guys want to talk about that at all in regards to single barrels, or do you lean do you lean more into no? It's all about the story. It's all you know, just a, a progression of what is the the heart of we, well, even your kids would line up with the story, like. Even you know, I wanted to see Marshall not only save the dinosaurs, I wanted to see him save an alien. And like you know, even though they want that new toy, they can say, "Yeah, but did you see that? You know that series where Marshall or Chase saved uh, the king? You know this and that." And it's humans love stories. There's a connection. Our our minds are like everything that drives our behavior is stories and the stories we tell ourselves. And it's no different from Paw Patrol to Bourbon. Um, and the bourbon, yes, it may be, there might be some sell or spinning, but we've seen it, Kenny. I mean, hell, just with even our latest United Rye uh, batch, you know, and pick barrels for it. Same exact mash pill, you know, within a month of each other, and they were put in just two different types of wood. Same char, everything. Vastly different flavor profiles. Vastly different. And it's like, it's an incredible that something that made so similar can taste so different, even though it's the same exact thing. It's, it's just, it blows my mind every time. And I also want to reiterate one of Ryan's famous lines that bourbon is the perfect product because just because you have one type of mash bill, well, this one sat in the Northwest corner of the warehouse. This one was on the East side facing the sun. This one had a lot of bird shit on it and they're all going to be, well, I've got to try them. I got to try them all and I, I got to have them. Because that is just the nature of what we live in, in in regards of a bourbon enthusiast, is that yes, I, I gotta gotta collect them all, gotta try them all. This is this is my favorite warehouse. This is my favorite direction. This is my favorite tier. Whatever it is, you all have the should I say you all? We all have these sort of uh, these these premonitions of of what we think is going to be a, an awesome run or or what the ideal barrel is going to be. But <laughs> at the end of the day. It's just going to try to find good whiskey, and it's going to be a continual hunt to always find good whiskey. Yeah, and people, it, it here's here's how amazing single barrels are. Is like New Riff, for example. We had I don't know how many groups. We did a New Riff like bracket challenge, and all these groups sent us their single barrel of New Riff, same exact recipe, same exact age, this and that, and said pick the best one because everyone going into these single barrel picks is like i'm going to pick the best nobody's ever had a barrel like this one nobody's ever had one like ours it's gonna be the next new riffy or this or that you know peter riffin i don't know it's it's just amazing it's funny it's it but it makes it fun it's so enjoyable and it gives you the connection to the brand and connection to the experience and it makes you feel like you're a master blender master taster whatever for a day that's very true so ryan does uh does what Kenny mentioned earlier th- about your saying the modern day unicorn does that come into play because anyone at any point in time can have access to single barrels and, it, and if you're buying single barrels from local stores or as you're traveling you know you'll that you're never going to stop having access to products to always purchase or can you expand upon that a little bit yeah well I'll- Go ahead, Kenny. Were you well, them? I was just going to say, when I think about it, and I take it as a very analytical way to do this, is that anytime you see a, it's it's a geography, it's a radius, like how far away am I going to be from being able to get my hands on something like this? You see 
any big distiller, and I mean us included, we put out a press release and it says, this is a limited edition release. There's going to be 10,000, 50,000, 4,000, 500,000, whatever the bottle count is, and it's going to be spread across the entire Eastern US, the entire globe, just these states or this continent, whatever it is. And you have to sit there and think, all right, what are my odds of actually getting this? What strings do I have to pull? What do I have to do? Versus that if you're going through a barrel selection, the radius of being able to acquire that is a lot smaller, right? Because you're, you know that it's your local store or it's a group you're in or it's a friend that's a group or that has a store, whatever kind of third dog cousins, you know, family analogy you kind of want to put into this is that your your reach is a lot shorter. And so your ability to get something that's a unique whiskey is is a little bit easier to to come by and you don't have as much FOMO because there's a lot of different barrel picks out there. And just because somebody is putting out one limited edition release, I mean, and Ryan, I know that we could say this before, is that we've tried and we did it before. We did a, 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 a past episode where we tasted limited edition offerings versus their barrel pick counterparts ended up being about 50 50 too and i mean by unicorn as well as like yeah i mean limited editions are great but not all of them are great <laughs> you know but if you have a single barrel store you like or somebody picking or a group you're in you know that's a unicorn to you because those are you know flavor pro people that are going to match your flavor profile stuff that you like something that's unique to you and it's just something that you can get, even though somebody may have Pappy 23, they don't have a 11-year OESK, this, that, that was picked that day. That's more rare than that Pappy 23 to me. Now you're talking about you know? <laughs> Well, yeah, exactly. Uh, I'd much rather go to somebody's house and then be like, let me try your Russell's picks or your Four Roses picks versus your your Van Winkle lineup. Now, if you offer me like your antique collection, now that's... <laughs> it's a different story. Yeah, William really Weller or something, but no. <laughs> or stag, but, uh, no, uh, yeah, that's, that's, it's just, there's, I don't know. That's more interesting to me as a bourbon, uh, geek was aficionado, whatever you want to call me nerd. I don't care. I mean, to what you're saying, I do have a, a new riff pick that a friend Blake from bourboner had done. I, I can't remember if it's a bourboner pick, if it was a seal box pick, but I just remember him saying that it, it's just the taste profiles just way off and to me it tastes like dirt <laughs> which is super weird but it's just it's just you you guys might have tried it before i mean it tastes like soil and so you know whenever folks come over that's usually what i lean towards them you want to try something weird i got this whiskey it tastes like dirt you interested in this you ever done the birdie botch jelly beans you're gonna love this yeah, yeah i'm weird yeah. in that regard too i'm always like give me the bad stuff <laughs> i want to try let me that's be right. the judge of that i'll try it and then i'll say all right we've had enough of that we'll we'll go into something new here Okay, so let's talk about some pursuit modern-day unicorns, okay? Let's talk about managing single-barrel selections for you all. Let's talk about what, you know, you all have mentioned, again, the the age stock that you all have while some make is laying down, getting ready for the futures for the uh, pursuit uh, United lines. And so let's talk about forecast of managing that. What's the frequency look like? What, what are your all's plans? Yeah, there's there's a lot to unpack right there. Well, We'll kind of start at the very beginning of, of sort of where, what's the current state of the single barrel program? So right now we've been on a little bit of a hiatus for uh, probably about six months. And that is because we went through a total rebranding of it. We 
are going to be releasing some new bottles in the short-term future with the same glass that is coming from United. Our first glass that we chose was kind of this like Parker's-esque kind of glass, you know, really rounded shoulders and kind of slender. We we got the message one day that that glass is no longer going to be manufactured in uh, 750 ml. So we had to make the, the difficult decision. What do we do? Do we buy up the rest of the glass that is available in the U.S.? Or do we make a change? Well, instead of immediately making the change, we bought the rest of the glass that was available in the U.S. And that's what we have been using for the probably the past year or year and a half to put out our Pursuit Series single barrels. And we finally had just got to the point where we said, all right, well, we got to standardize on something, make it a little bit easier for us. And so that is when so we went to the the sort of next level of, well, what do we do for the, the packaging side of things? So we did that. Uh, we found the new glass. After the glass came in, uh, now we figure out, well, what's going to be the next phase? Well, part of that is trying to figure out how do we do this now that we are moving all of our barrels and all of our inventory over to Bardstown Bourbon Company. Previously, we could go to our last uh, our last storage facility a couple times a year. We'd pop some bungs. We'd drill through the barrels. We'd taste them. We'd like, oh, this is pretty good. We'll take a sample back and we'll do this. Now we have to be a little bit more methodical on, on how we do this because now our barrels are spread out amongst eight different warehouses somewhere on Bardstown Bourbon Company's campus, and they have some serial number tied to them, and I hope they go and they know exactly where they're at. So we have to know exactly uh, pretty far in advance, well, what barrels do you want? What samples do you want to take from them? And after you get those samples, what's next after that? So... We have been sort of in a hiatus because of this transition phase, and we're going to start opening this up and hopefully having some single barrels roll out in the second half of 2022. And that's because, again, of we have to get the process down of what it's going to be like to not only do the, the, the single barrel selection and earmarking barrels, but how can we bottle these? Because we, we don't want to go to Barstown Bourbon Company and say, oh, can you bottle this one barrel for us? Like, no, we probably have to bottle five eight, 10 at a time to, to make it worth the while of, of what it's going to take for switching out all the equipment and labels and all that sort of stuff too. So processes is one big piece of it. Um, I know I'm probably screaming through this, but I can keep going. So we have the process component of it. Uh, next is kind of talking about the liquid, like what, what do we have available? So we are we're, we're kind of holding the holding our cards a little tight to our chest right now because the amount of age stock is, I want to say nil, but it's not expansive. If I had to guess, and Ryan probably keep me honest here, less than 10 barrels is probably what we're going to see in 2022. Well, maybe a little bit more than that, but it's one of those things that our, our age stock inventory is, is relatively low and that's because way back in the day when we were releasing uh, 9, 10, 15-year-old Tennessee product, nobody wanted it. And we said, well, okay, well, we can't take on too much of this. But now everybody wants it and we don't have it. So that's the <laughs> yeah. unfortunate unfortunate aspect of that. So we, we are going to be saving some barrels that will be ones that we select as part of Pursuit Series single barrels that will go out to seal box and stuff like that. Uh, we do have uh, a good handful of barrels that will be that have been earmarked that'll go to retail locations, private clubs, stuff like that. And the way that's going to look is that unfortunately 
we do not have a facility that you can come and just tap open a barrel and come and hang out for the day and we'll, we'll feed you lunch and stuff like that. It, we have to do it sort of the, what we had done a lot during COVID was- The COVID way. Yeah, the COVID way. We're going to send you three different 100 ml samples in the mail and we'll let you go and start choosing from there. And that's that's sort of the, the short-term play uh, of where we're going to have to be only because we don't own a facility where we can do that sort of thing. So there are there are future plans to potentially make that happen uh, years down the line. And I'm really excited to, to see that happen too. But I also want to, I've been talking a lot. I kind of want to let Ryan chime in on sort of some future plans of where the single barrel selections will go as well with all this new make that we're putting down too. Yeah. So we're, you know, definitely going to do this for, but we're thinking about doing it sooner than later, but we thought it'd be really cool because you do have three different components. You know, you have a Tennessee, a Kentucky and New York bourbon. And then you have two Baltimore rise and a Kentucky rye. I thought we thought it'd be really cool um, to offer, you know, come down and pick your favorite component of the United, you know, as a single barrel product. And so that's kind of where we're, you know, instead of like, here's a slight variation of, you know, three Kentucky components, you pick red, green, or blue. We're going to say, hey, here's the Kentucky, here's the Tennessee, here's the the uh, New York component. Tell us what you like. And do you want it? And we've, you know, we'll get feedback too, but we're thinking, you know, you can do it at 108 proof, which is what we do United at, or maybe you can do a barrel proof. But yeah, that's kind of where we're leaning and just because I think that'll be fun. The three different components are vastly different as, you know, not just recipes, but as a single barrel. So it's something I think that people can really say they truly got something unique in the process of it versus just having slight variations of the same distillate and whatnot. Two, we got, like Kenny talked about, we got very slim pickings on our current age inventory, but we got some really good ones in there. And I've been super i've been waiting patiently to like tap into these really good unique kentucky barrels that we're been hanging on to that i'm excited we got some one of the oldest woodenville barrels out there that we've been hanging on to we got some ironically we got some mgp that we've been hanging on to for for quite some time that we're been hanging on and aging to so we got some fun stuff you know in that that inventory as well but i'm really looking forward to the the united single barrel side because I'm in love with all the six different recipes we use for our, our United blends and be excited to showcase them on their own as well. Yeah. And at the single barrels, it's fun. Like this is, this is an enthusiast fun thing to do from a business perspective. It makes absolutely no sense. It makes absolutely no sense to do single barrels because from it's, it's a headache from a logistics, a process, uh, money, time suck, wasted materials, like single barrels just don't make sense as a, as a business model. However, to the bean counters, but to us people that yeah. worry about connections, they matter. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think that's where we're, we're really excited to kind of continue that tradition as well, because we live in, we live and breathe that. And we want to make sure that we provide something that's going to be unique that people can sort of hang their hat on. You can always go get a flagship United offering out there, but it'll be really cool to see what we do with, those barrels further down the road, as, as Ryan said, be able to say, come and choose 
you know, the component United that's going to be bottled as a pursuit series, or maybe that's not even the name in it, the, a few years, who knows what it's going to be because we got a, we got a long time until those ones really come online because we are holding a lot of H docker, so to say, we're going to holding a, a lot of those new make barrels back to let them continue to age further and further. So we'll, we'll have that, we'll have that trajectory and that plan uh, for years to come. But as Ryan said, we do have a few good barrels that we have in inventory. And I think the greatest thing about launching United is that it gave us an opportunity to forget about them and we can age them and we can come back to them at a later date. I think that's the greatest thing about whiskey is that, you know, the longer it sits in the barrel, typically doesn't get that bad at, you know, anywhere between four to eight, 10 years. So we'll, we can just kind of come back to it. I'll tell you what I am really excited for is that we do have one barrel in inventory that I, I think is about to hit 18 years old. And I'm thinking we continue to just hold on to that and let it hit the, the magical two zero and then release it. We'll see. We'll let it talk to us. Yeah. It, it'll tell us if it's ready to be bottled. <laughs> is everything that you all have aging of those single barrels in the stock, is the plan for them to come out single barrel? Or how, how closed off is United to having something like that splashed in there for, for a specific batch? Or would that always have to become something different than United in that case? It's not out of the question. However, some of the things that we have would probably be out of the question because we have a lot of aged, I would say a lot, but we've got a good handful of barrels that come from Finger Lakes Distilling and these mash bills are all over the place. The barrel char levels, the cooperages, they're all over the place. It would throw a a wrench into this that we probably couldn't fathom. And that is one risk that I'm not willing to take. But it could it's, be like really awesome or really bad. And if it's really awesome, we won't be able to recreate it because <laughs> we'll have to wait or we'll have to wait another four to six years <laughs> to have that kind of barrel back. That puts it into limited status. Yeah. And you're not a thing yeah. yet. Yeah. It, it's just one of those things that we selected those barrels based on the profile of them being single barrels, of them being pursuit series barrels in any way. So I, I don't foresee blending anything like that back into our, our core flagship offering or anything in regards to that. So yes, we, we do have some some cool funky barrels that will go out to accounts, groups, and everything like that that we can hopefully, you know, entice people to, you know, pick pick a single barrel with us. Uh again, slim pickings for what we have, but we can we can offer some good stuff. And I think that's one thing that I will hang my hat on just a little bit for this is that Everything that we have done through Pursuit Series and everything that we've done as either a group that's selected a Pursuit Series or it's a store or the the two people that we have sold barrels for weddings to actually have their own uh, wedding barrel and stuff like that. Any barrel that we select goes through Ryan and I first before it goes to them. So it's not the same thing. It's I guess you consider us kind of like the tasting panel at a distillery that says, okay, like these ones will be earmarked for a single barrel. We have the one of the most rare opportunities to work with some of our distilling partners and 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 actually taste these barrels and say, okay, well, cool, we'll take this one, we'll take this one, we'll take this one, versus writing a fat check and 50 barrels show up and now we've got to pick and choose the barrels we want and then we'll figure out what we're going to do with these other barrels. It's super unique in the fact that nobody else gets to do anything like that. It's it's a huge it's a huge. Uh, you know, de-risking factor for us or for me, but at the same exact time, you kind of go through the, the, 
I don't want to say it's the Kenny and Ryan test, but it kind of is. You know, we 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 give our stamp of approval before it goes off to you. So we know that you're not we're not gonna throw you a dud yeah. your way that you don't feel that you're gonna get the best experience. Like these are stuff that we would have picked and they would have been single barrels already. Yeah, totally agree. That we've already put our badge of honor, what for whatever that's worth, that we feel that these are worthy enough to put in a pursuit series. And that to to become that, I mean, it is a I mean we are pretty picky. I'll tell you that. So you can rest assured that whatever single barrel offerings are available to you are going to be top notch for sure. Only because we're insecure and we don't put out half half ass products because we're insecure. And we don't want people talking about us on the chats. Okay. So as we're talking again, you know, with the topic of managing the single barrels, when you all were laying down the new make, did they give you any indication of what percentage you all might find starts to deviate from the profiles that you all are looking for to go into the blends? Or do you all have an understanding of, I would assume, you know, as you're tasting through, you're tasting some samples and you're saying, oh, this, it doesn't seem like it's going to head in the direction that we want for the blend. Let's earmark it for single barrels. At least that's what it seems like a lot of distilleries do. Or maybe there's a profile that you're looking for. It says, oh, that's off. That's, you know, that's, that's unique. Let's throw it in a single barrel. Have you thought about that yet? And or again, do some of these makers, you know, give you, hey, you know, expect uh, about this percent of variance to know, you know, how much of the stock that you all are laying down might kind of get in that outlier case. I wish somebody would have said something. <laughs> I didn't think about it till now. <laughs> yeah. You sure you sure you should be on the consulting side? Hey, I'm yeah. available. I think we just, you know, Kenny was very sharp on the spreadsheet wizardry and you know we knew kind of our target of where we wanted to be at you know at, say six years from now and what how much extra barrels and in inventory because the goal was to get it to a six-year product so kenny did some mathematical spreadsheet calculations to say we need to hold this x amount of barrels to eventually transition it to six and be able to have some barrels left over to hang on to do you know single barrels fun projects and whatnot so we'll go into it knowing that X amount is going to be allocated to United no matter what. And so knowing that we'll go in, you know, we haven't really discussed this process, but here's kind of how I have it figured in my head is that I kind of know what barrels and fruit or not fruit profiles, <laughs> flavor profiles that uh, I think I want that will best represent United um, and we kind of did this on the first batch of United. We went through and, you know, picked because we had a, more than enough to that we wanted to bottle for the first run. And so we, we went through and there were barrels that we thought, wow, this would be a really good single barrel. This would actually be really good in a blend because in a blend, you don't want too many. You don't want rogue barrels that are like pronounced one way or another that are like offensive that are going to like just be loud. You want stuff that kind of is more middle of the road, you know, to be in your blend because that makes it easier to work with. When you start throwing in those rogue barrels, they can really change the flavor profiles. A little can change it a lot. And so as we go to pick United, whatever barrels we think are kind of rogue or unique, we'll probably set those aside for single barrel selections. Pursuit Rogue. Yeah. Mm, it, I like the name of that. Mm, I like it. I like it. Yeah, that's it's one of those things that we... Should I say, I, cal I calculated it out. We, we definitely have a set amount of barrels that we'll have to either set aside A for single barrels or B, we chalk it up as losses because we all know the, the leaky barrel theory. Who knows? Like at some point, that is that is a real threat that could happen. 
and the the idea is that we we want to continue kind of treading down or heading down that path only because we know that we can we can provide these and, and have that that sort of united like experience to kind of going back to your original sort of thought there of a percentage that as you were saying earlier it's sort of a percentage on, on where it's going to deviate and, and making sure that we are going to have enough that is we like we've allocated it for our for United and where that's going to be. But we also want to make sure that we take care of the enthusiast market out there. As Brandon, well. per my email, please see this Excel chart and the number that is in D6. D6. Cell D7. Cannot be larger. Yes. Cannot be smaller. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, those numbers are going to be fluid. I understand that. And that's all going to be dictated over time. I think it'll also be fun as we go on through here to figure out how it's going to scale too because – when we've been doing our first few batches of United, I mean, we're doing at most 50 barrels. That's that's enough that you can taste through in a weekend and figure out what you want and what you don't want. As we get to the point where we're dumping four, 500 barrels. And we have 1,400 to choose <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's going to take a lot more time and effort to make sure that we really keep this dialed in and we, we maintain that, that quality control and that consistency. Fascinating stuff. I'm excited about both what's happening with the serious bottles that we already, you know, have mentioned a couple of times. I'm super excited to see where we go with the the stock, the new make, the stuff that's, you know, going to be broken apart from United, people who are able to notice some of the flavor pockets from experiencing both in the blends and then also with various single barrels they might get through the series and to hear what people have fun with and what kind of stories they come up with for these single barrels. So for folks who are looking to get in on this and to know how to get in line or, or, or what they need to do in order to, to start getting notification when this is open back up again, what, what can they do? Yeah. So the, the best thing to do is play the lottery. And if you win that, then you're going to be in good shape because we could probably help you out. No, it's like, it's one of those things that right now, you have to ask to be able to to even see if you're a, a player in the game and we'll try to put you in the spreadsheet and figure out who we can take care of and when, you know, we have to be very cognizant of, of who's been there with us for the longest time. Uh, not only just from our accounts and the stores that we know have been carrying our products and have been huge advocates of our brand and the ones that we know are also hand selling our bottles to customers because it's not like United is the easiest sell in the world. Oh, here's a bourbon that was made by two podcasters. You should try it. Like, that's and it says the word blended. And on it's it. like that is it's not got a, bourbon from New York. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's not an easy sell, and so we know that we have we have our advocates out there and the ones that in the stores, and we know exactly who they are, and they push it, and they know the story. They can tell the story, and they're they're really the ones that are our biggest cheerleaders and they're the ones that help build and support this brand. And so I want to make sure we take care of uh, those types of yeah, folks. We're, we're up to go uh, back and you know, listen through all the podcasts and talk about how would we handle barrel selections if we were in their shoes. And no, I'm kidding. But just like Kenny said, we always, <laughs> we always want to take care of the people that have been there from the beginning and support us from the beginning. Cause that's, that's who matters. Yeah, it's that, and then not only, it's not only just the, the retail accounts, it also goes into the consumer side. We know that there are a lot of people out there, 
And I know of a, a few select people that own every single bottle of Pursuit series that has ever been released. And for something like that, like you've got to you've got to give a little, you know, you know, tip of the hat to somebody like that just to say thank you, uh, thank you for being one of our biggest supporters for a long time. And that is that is something that you know you, you'll never forget. And so we want to make sure that we we take care of, of folks like that. Uh, but at the same exact time. We, we just want to make sure we're going to try and spread it around as much as possible. And I think it's probably one of the things that when you talk to people, at other distilleries, it's no really secret that they want exposure out of it as well. So if there's groups that have types of exposure, then that also does play a role too. Guys, I appreciate it again. I appreciate digging into this conversation about single barrels. Remember that if there are other episode series bottles that you all haven't tried feel free to browse the selection at sealbox see what kind of backstock there is as we're going as the time this recording you know that's going to change but there will likely be bottles available there so you all can have your hands on some of these single barrels or the blended products should they be on the site a reminder that if you have podcast topics or if you have questions for the guys you can email us podcast at pursuitspirits.com and maybe we'll talk about those on an upcoming episode here on Behind the Pursuit from Bourbon to Brand. Thanks so much, everyone. Until next time, we'll see you all later. Later.